0: week, we did talk uh, about uh, being um, just aware of God's presence and how that can affect your week. I know it affected mine. It's neat to hear how it affected others. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, when, you, when you, you can go through life with Him or on your own, that's a choice you get to make, but, but He's always there. So it's just being aware of Him in, in those moments, and we challenged you last week, just because you don't feel His presence doesn't mean that He's not present. It's not a feelings thing; it's a truth thing, and so I wanted to remind you of that um, this morning. If you're listening online, we're glad to have you with us. You're gonna wish that you were here because we're giving away free stuff at the end, but you missed out. But for all of the um, all of the women in our church, um, we want to honor you this morning. So if you you know if you're 18 years and older, we got you a sweet gift. Um, it, is, it was so sweet that Beth she was gonna save a bite for me, uh, but it never even made it home. So. Um, you can look forward to that, but um, today—today's uh, Mother's Day—but I don't really want to give a Mother's Day message. We know that Mother's Day is not always a happy day for everyone. For some, you know, it's it, you, you've lost mom, and for others, you've lost a relationship with your children. For others, it's wanting to 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 be in the role of motherhood and not being able to. It's 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 difficult. But I want to say that today's message was sort of inspired by moms, um, and 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 that. It's not just that you have that one influential woman in your life. You have lots of them as you go through life. And in my life, I know, you know, it's my, my mom definitely, but I also had Sunday school teachers and teachers that were influential in my life. There was team leaders, my mother-in-law, she's somewhere, um, definitely an influential um, person in my life. And it seems like everywhere you go, you find moms. I was at a, a conference earlier this week and um, we were leaving the hotel, uh, I was staying there with Wes um, DeVries and... We got in the, in the elevator, and, and it was, like, packed. It's like, if, you're, if you don't like to touch people, that's the worst thing that can happen, right? You get in there, and there's, like, 12 people in there. And, and, and so as I'm standing there, uh, just waiting, hoping it goes fast, all of a sudden I feel this hand on my neck, and I look over, and Wes is on the other side of the elevator. So I know it's not him. I'm like, who's touching me, right? And it's this lady, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just saw that your tag was out. I just had to put it in, you know? It's like... <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, good, you know. I'm like, I knew I forgot something. I forgot to take my mom with me, right? But I'm, I was glad that there's there's moms all over the world. And I just thanked her for that and felt, you know, like, at least I don't have to walk around all day with my tagging. And I'm just glad I didn't have anything on my face because my mom used to, like, spit on a Kleenex and rub it off. I was like, that would have been embarrassing. But um, I, I was just thankful for that. As I was thinking about, you know, moms and the thing about women, uh, uh, just in general in the Bible, you, you, some of the, the old famous uh, verses come to mind, like Proverbs 31 woman, the one, like this woman that's so amazing that she's just, you know, the children rise up and call her blessed, and, and then in, in Exodus 20, there's the commands, you know, honor your father and your mother so you'll live longer on the planet. That's uh, what God said, so if teenagers, that's true for you, you know, honor your mother and your father, and as I was reading that, I came across that word honor, and I was like, you know, that word, we, we just really don't use the word honor all that much. Uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know, like the last time I think was when I was standing before the judge and, you know, saying, yes, I'm guilty, your honor, of uh, running through that red light. I don't know when else you use the word, you know, honor. Uh, and and I, I remember like Beth would make me try and watch movies with her, like movies like Pride and Prejudice. I don't know how people watch these movies, but honor was like a word they used like back then. When you dress like that, it would be things like this, like, I honor your circumspection. a fort- fortnight's acquaintance is certainly very little. One cannot know a man really, uh, who a man really is by the end of a fortnight. And I'm like, I don't understand half those words. Let alone this word, honor. What does it really mean? And so today, I want to just challenge us to bring, to bring honor back. Bring honor back into our, into our current um, culture, into our current scenario, into our current relationships. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that this morning, the, the W5 of honor, the who, the what, the where, the why, the when. So I mean, at conferences, they always tell you, hey, say this after me. And I know we don't really do a lot of that here, but would you just say bring honor back with me? That's why we don't do it here. <laughs> Good call. Bring honor back with me. Um, bring honor back. Honor. Honor simply means this, to place value on something. To place, to esteem value on something. You know, we think honor and respect. Respect is kind of this thing that's earned, right? If, you, if somebody, you respect somebody because they deserve to be respected. But honor is a little bit different. Honor um, builds everything up um, around it. It takes things uh, in life higher and it makes life better. And the opposite is, is true. This idea of dishonor where we treat things as common. We don't treat them as having, you know, this incredible value. We just treat them as, as common, and it leads to this downward spiral. It brings everything around it down, and it, uh, it misses out on some of the best things in life as a result. And the thing that I realized is that most of us unintentionally live our lives more in this camp of dishonor. And I would say it's a trap of dishonor where we go through life so fast that we don't realize the incredible things around us but we end up treating them as common I have a video I just wanted to take a take a look at here this morning This video takes place in Washington DC let's let you listen for a minute. This is happening at 7.51 a.m. on Friday, January 12th of 2007. There's a man who sat at a metro station in Washington, D.C., and he started to play his violin. It was a cold January morning. He played six pieces by Bach, and if you can hear it, it's it's intricate. This man had practiced a lot. He played for 45 minutes, and during that time since it was rush hour, it was calculated that thousands of people went through the station, most of them on their way to work, and 1,097 walked right past him. Three minutes went by, and a middle-aged man noticed that there was a musician playing, so he slowed his pace, he stopped for a few seconds, and then he hurried on to his to meet his schedule. A minute later, the violinist received his first dollar tip. A woman threw the money in the till and, without stopping, just continued to walk. A few minutes later, someone leaned against the wall to listen to him, but the man looked at his watch and started to walk again. Clearly, he was late for work. The one who paid the most attention to him was a three-year-old boy. His mother tagged him along and hurried, but the kid kept looking back, stopping to look back, and she forced him to move on, which is what happened with most of the children that stopped. All of their parents, without exception, forced them to move on. In the 45 minutes that this musician played, only seven people stopped and stayed for a while. About 20 gave him money, but they continued to walk on their normal pace. He collected 32 bucks in that 45 minutes. When he finished playing and the silence took over... Only one person noticed, only one person applauded, and only one person gave him any recognition, and her name was Stacy. She had seen this man three weeks earlier at a free concert at the Library of Commerce. Almost no one knew this, but the violinist, his name is Joshua Bell. He's one of the top musicians in the world. He played six pieces by Bach that morning, the first being one of the most intricate pieces ever written, and he was playing on a violin worth three and a half million dollars. Two days before playing in the subway, Joshua had sold out the theater in Boston with seats averaged $100 a piece. Joshua Bell was playing incognito in this metro station. This was organized by the Washington Post as part of a social experiment about perception, taste, and the priorities of people. The outlines were, "In, in a commonplace environment, at an inappropriate hour, do we perceive beauty that's around us? Do we stop to appreciate it? Do we recognize and honor the talent in an unexpected context? One of the possible com- conclusions from this experience could be if we do not have a moment to stop and listen to one of the best musicians in the world playing the best music ever written on one, of the mo- on one of the best instruments ever built, how many other things might we be missing in life? And as we think about that, it's so easy for us to fall into the trap of living with dishonor. We treat things you know, in, in life as being common. I, I know it from my own life. How many of you have ever been to Niagara Falls before? What, no whoops and cheers? I'm like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> you know why? Because you live close. It's not that exciting to go to Niagara Falls, but can I tell you something? That, that 30 million people visit Niagara Falls every year from all over the world. Why? Because it's something awesome. How much is 30 million? It's these people, and then do that 30,000 times. Let's see how fast you can go there, Lil. I'm just kidding. 30,000 times this, 30 million people think that it's amazing. We're like, yeah, I've been there. Meh. Why? Because we've begun to treat something as common, even though it's something really amazing. It's easy to do with things, but things is one thing. Relationships and people is a completely different scenario. We forget sometimes just how valuable people are in our lives. You know, it's the, the, we, we sometimes forget how valuable our parents are, or how valuable our children are, or that great employee, or that friend, that, that best friend, or even our spouse Forget how valuable they really are, how amazing they really are. It's like that song, doesn't it always seem that you don't know what you got till it's gone? I want to challenge you today to realize what you've got while it's still here. It's so easy to fall into that trap of, of treating people and relationships with dishonor, just treating them as common. And it happens to us all the time, even as followers of Christ, that we can be lulled into this trap of treating God with dishonor. The Old Testament ends with a book called Malachi, and Malachi was a man um, with a message from God for his people Israel. So it's not written directly to Kingsway people, but there's something that we can learn from him. And this is what he says in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. It says this, The Lord of heaven's armies says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. Well, if I'm your father and master, where are the honor and respect that I deserve? As he's, he says, you've shown contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? And as, as God uh, speaks through Malachi in this, he says, you know, where's the honor and respect that I deserve? Because as a father and a master, all through the Old Testament, they knew those are the people that deserve honor, is those who are above, the fathers, the masters. And he says, but you know what? You, you, you no longer honor me. You no longer have value on me. And you know what's happening? They go on to say, well, what, why? And he says, he says simply over the next number of verses that with their worship, they had become so used to the routine of serving God and of worship that they forgot the reason why they were doing it. They became so used to the routine that they forgot the reason. That he had rescued them out of slavery, that he had called them his own people, that he had given them their own land, that he had fought the, the, the battles for them and with them. And they had walked through all those amazing things in life and yet, they got to this place as generation after generation, they began distancing themselves from where they started. Originally, they would bring God the best lamb. Every year, they would take a little lamb into their house. Their kids would get attached to it. It was the best one from their flock. They would name it. And then on a certain day, every year, they would take that lamb and they would sacrifice it for, for their sins. That, that lamb would die in their place. And it was, a, it was a big deal. But then as years went on, they started thinking, you know, people, the families would look and be like... Man, they're just going to kill it anyways. Why don't we just bring, like, the blind one? They'll never know. You know, So they take the blind lamb, give it to the priest, and waves his hand in front of the eyes. Like, I think he's blind. Like, no, no, he was seeing on the way. He just doesn't want to look. He knows what's coming. Like, okay. And they sacrifice him, right? And then later on, it's like, you know, the next year, like, well, that works. Let's let's send the three-legged one this year, you know? Let's, like, duct tape a stick to it. Let's fool the priest. Whatever we got to do, just give that. And then after that, it's like, you know what? They're going to kill it anyways. Let's just bring a dead one. Find one that's dead, not too stinky. Let's just, you know, here, quick, put this one on the fire. And, and, and we think, you know, it, it sounds kind of funny now, but this is what they were really doing. And as they, as they did that, it was like, all of a sudden, God's like, do you think that I'm honored by your gifts? Do you think that I, I, all I care about is that you're just going to give me something? His thought was that this idea of let's bring honor back. That to, to value, again, the relationship in your life starting with with him starting with your heavenly father he says to them at the end try giving that to your governor and see how they feel he's like there's this same thought of saying bring out the best in us why because honor lifts everything honor brings out great things all around us if we honor relationships if we honor things it makes everything better but it's not easy it's not easy and this morning i want to challenge you with that as we just desire to bring honor back it's not going to be it's not going to be easy it's like going up the escalator that's going down. You know, you try and walk up the escalator and see how fast you can get to the top and it's going down. You can do it. But then, you know, now if you were to try it, you know, after a plane is just let all the people out. And they're all coming down the escalator to get their baggage and you're trying to go up. What happens? What happens? They all look at you like you're the weirdest person on earth. You know, what are you doing? Why are you going against the flow? And inside, you probably think as you're halfway up, bustling through all these people, oh, it'd be a whole lot easier if I just went with the flow and went down, down, down. Well, that's kind of the way our, our culture is. It's so, so easy for us to be drawn down, down, down to this trap of dishonor around us that we just, just inadvertently look at everything as being common. Who are we supposed to honor? In the Old Testament, it said it was this idea of honor those who are above you. Honor the king, honor God, honor the priests, honor your parents. And it was those who had earned or deserved it. But the New Testament writers give us a different picture of who we, as followers of Jesus, should be honoring. Paul and Peter wrote a few things. I just want to sh- show you a couple of verses. If you have your you version, we're going to go quick so you can just sort of highlight them and check them out later. Or you can check them on the screen, or you can listen online again. But in 1 Timothy, he says this, All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He's the eternal king, the unseen one, who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. You see, he's reminding them, God is still ultimately deserving of honor. That we place value. That when we come together to worship, God, we're going to give our best. Heart, soul, mind, strength. I'm into this moment. Ephesians chapter 6, they remind them again, children. Children, honor your mother and father. Honor your mother and father. Uh, it says this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you'll have a long life on the earth. Last night as I read this, it was hilarious because there was a mom sitting here with her teenage daughter and she slapped her teenage daughter on the leg and said, see? The problem is that the next verse came up because the, the reminder was that, to honor you know the parents But they take it one step further in the New Testament. And 1 Peter says this, honor all people. And the teenage daughter went and slapped mom on the leg and said, see, honor all people, all people. Value, ascribe value to all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 1 Timothy, Paul writes to him and says, this idea of honor in your relationships, it looks like this. He says, don't rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. You got older men in your life, treat them as you would. Honor them as a father. You got younger men in your life, treat them as your brothers. You got older women in your life, treat them and honor them as mothers. Uh, If you got younger women in your life, treat them as sisters with all purity. Esteem value on all of these lives that are around you. And honor widows who are really widows. And he carries on with different things. But this idea of in the relationships you have, honor everyone. See, because all of us have groups of people in our lives that we think are deserving of honor. For some, honoring your parents has been something that has that gone your, your whole life long. But I want to just leave you with a little scenario this morning. How, how many of you have ever waited tables before? You, you were a waiter, a waitress, a server? Yeah, it, it's the misery, isn't it? There are some of those days you're just like, oh man. But just picture with me for, for a minute. Just picture one of your best friends. Um, or your mom, your sister, you know, your your best friend, decides they're going to become a, a, a waitress. And so they go and they're working at a fancy restaurant. They've gone through the whole training period and it's their very first night serving tables. So you get a bunch of your buddies together. You go there. You're going to be there for the first night. You get there and all of a sudden you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And 15 minutes later, finally she arrives and she's like, Frazzled, right? She's like, oh, she's sweating bullets, and 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 you look at her, and, you're, and she's like, you know, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to bring drinks, and I was, and you're like, we don't, we're good, you know, we don't need drinks, we don't even like water, you know, like I don't, I don't need anything, right? And he's like, just go do whatever you have to do. We're good. We're and, and you smile and you talk, and you know, 15 minutes later, she comes finally there, and she she forgot all the drinks anyways, and she takes your order, and you're like, you know, we'll have the steak, and it's all good, you know, and you smile, and you're like, just go, 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 do the best you can. So she goes, and, you know, 45 minutes later, she finally arrives with dinner. Now you've been there an hour and 15 minutes, and she arrives with dinner, and she puts this, you know, you ordered steak, and she puts a big bowl of spaghetti down in front of you. And what do you do? You look around, you're like, I like spaghetti. And you begin to eat the spaghetti, and at the end of that night, because it's your best friend, your mom, or whoever it is, you overtip them. It's like you, maybe the Dutch people don't, but you should. You know, you... You you overtip that person. You're like, hey, you know what? I was just glad to be here. Here's 20 bucks. And she's like, well, the meal was 15, but it's fine. You keep the, you know, you keep the 20 bucks as a, as a tip, and we we overtip. Why? Because it's, it's, it's our mother. It's our sister. It's our best friend. Now picture it again for a second. You know, that person that you honor and value so much, now just picture same restaurant, same scenario, but now the person that's waiting on you, you don't know them. So they show up, they're 15 minutes late, and now you're like, oh man, I was about to write in ketchup on the table, waited 15 minutes, no service, you know, and leave. But they show up, and then you, you order your drinks, and they bring their drinks 15 minutes later, and you take a sip, and you're like, I ordered Coke Zero, this tastes like Diet Coke. You know, and then you you look at them, and now ah, find like you, you know they come to your table like is everything alright? You You're like you don't give them eye contact. You want them to know that they're not doing very well. And then they go and they order. You know, you order your steak, and they bring you spaghetti. And you like you like this guy now like what you know? Or even that you order your steak, and you ordered it medium, but it's medium rare. You're like send it back. And and at the end, it, as they're rushing through all those things in your head, you're calculating should have gave a fifteen dollar tip, but. She doesn't deserve it. No, it's 10. And after that steak, five. And by the time you get to the end, it's like two bucks. And you just like leave it on. And he's like, walk out. What's the difference? The difference is because the one person you know and you honor because she's your mom, she's your sister, she's your best friend. But what Paul is saying and Peter is saying is saying and honoring all people is that that's someone's mom, someone's sister, someone's best friend. Deserving of honor, deserving to be valued. The, the point is that you're surrounded by greatness all the time. You're surrounded by people of value all the time. Most of the time, we're just not aware of it. So how do we bring honor back? How do we bring this idea of valuing people back into our lives on a regular basis? Well, if you think of honor, picture it like a building that's got like 20 floors below ground and 20 floors above ground, and, and, and there's no elevators. There's only staircases. And you, if you're going to go from a level up, you've got to take steps to get there. Some of you, you're like, you're in the, you're in the honor basement in your relationships. And you're like, how am I ever going to fix things? How am I ever, you know, my wife and I, I've treated her, you know, I, I've taken her for granted for so long. Like, there's just nothing left between us. How do I ever get out of this basement? I think it's impossible. Well, impossible, maybe. But let me leave you at this. Let me l- let you sh- share this story with you. The Philadelphia Flyers. I know for those of you who hate sports analogies, you're going to hate this because it's, it's a really great sports analogy. But uh, in, the, um, in the playoffs in 2010, the Philadelphia Flyers were playing against the Boston Bruins and they were down three games to none. They lose one more game, they're out. They're playing that game and they're down three goals to none. And they're on their, on their way out and the coach, Peter Laviolette, calls the boys together and he gets them by the bench and he says to them, he says, listen, fellas, we just need one goal, just one. And we're all thinking, you know, now you need a lot more than that. You don't win with one goal. But he said, you just need one goal. And so they bought into the idea of just needing one goal, and they went out and scored one goal. Well, they went on to score a few more that game, and they won that game. They won the next three games, won the series. They went on to win the next series, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final simply because they took one step. And for some of you, the challenge is, for those relationships that are broken, that you're like, I want to bring honor back in that relationship, I challenge you to take just one step and then take one step of honoring of bringing value into their lives how do we do it how do we bring honor back here's a few thoughts number 1 honors intentional intentional You've got you've to think about it and want to do it uh, and, and make a point of it. Benjamin Franklin, he used to keep a journal of his habits, the habits he didn't like so much. He's like, if I swear, he's like, I want to work on my swearing today. So he took this little book with him, and every time he swore, he'd take the book out and draw a little line in it. And at the end of the day, he would look at all of his lines, and hopefully that was less lines than the day before. Why did he do it? Because he was intentional. I want to change this habit in my life. How do we do that? It's taking stock of your life right now. Do you honor the people in your life right now appropriately? Do you value the people, the relationships in your life appropriately? Are there people in your life right now that you treat with dishonor? Are there people that you're just simply taking for granted that they're they're in your life? Are there people that you're taking for granted the things that they've done for you? Just think about that for a minute. Is there a name, is there a face that comes to mind? Honor's intentional. Number two, honor's aware. Honor's aware of the Joshua Bells. In the subway, realizing, I hear people play all the time, but there's something different about this. I'm going to stop and listen. And I encourage you to take notice of the Joshua Bells in your life, to take notice of the ones in your life that you may have treated as common. You know that children are a gift from the Lord. How, how, how appropriate is it for us to treat children as incredibly valuable in our lives? Children in the same way to treat parents as incredibly valuable in our lives. Children in this church, that we as a church would honor and value the children that are in this church. You know why? Because it's really uncommon for churches to be full of kids. That's not something that's normal. To treat that as, wow, that is amazing. You know, students, to honor your teachers. You're going to get some weird looks when you start treating them with respect and honor and value. But they're pouring out their lives to teach you. You know, to honor our government. You're like, uh-oh, now you're meddling. <laughs> Let me just tell you, they may not get it all right, but there are worse places to live in our worlds, and I've been to some of them. To honor life at all stages and ages. Not because they deserve it or have earned it. It's one of the reasons why we have the baby bottles is that we want to honor life at every stage and value life at every age and help others to be able to do the same To honor brothers and sisters in your family and in this big family. That honor is aware. Honor is just simply aware that everyone around you deserves to be honored. Third is honor is appreciative. Honor is appreciative. It's not just being aware that they are deserving of honor. It's actually doing something about it. It's saying something. It's making mention of it. It's using the word thank you. Thank you on all levels, all levels of honor. A step of honor is at the doors, uh, you know, saying thank you, Daryl, for holding the door for me this morning. Thank you to whoever was in the cafe for serving me a coffee this morning. Thank you to all of you for allowing me to have the best job in the world. Thank you for that. I love being able to do what I do, and I'm thankful to you for that. Being thankful to your parents, you know, for some of you, for providing for you and putting up with you for 18 years or 35 whatever it is however long you've been at home when's the last time you just said thanks mom and dad thinking about your spouse when's the last time you just said thank you like realizing you know beth is a phenomenal person super generous she's so giving she like gave half my stuff away this week my clothes and whatever she's she's like Just, but an amazing, amazing person with a heart of gold. She's an amazing cook. She's an amazing teacher. She's an amazing friend. When's the last time that she heard me say thank you besides last night's message? It's the the thing of honoring people by saying it. And it goes for God as well. When's the last time you just said, hey, God, thank you for this beautiful day? Yesterday was a really beautiful day. And as we were driving out with the kids, I said to my kids, you know, hey, it's it's a really beautiful day. Have you thanked God for today yet? And they're like, oh, no. Hey, thanks, God, for today. And they're all, all out thanking each other in the back of the van as we're driving. Starting that idea of honor. Yes, it's not just something to take for granted. And the last thought is this, honor compliments. Honor compliments. It elevates instead of tears down. It compliments instead of criticizes. It focuses on the good in others. Some think that, like, is your spiritual gift. You know, you can find out that one thing that they got wrong. But honor decides it's a, it's a, it's a focusing on something different. There's a story of, of hummingbirds and, and buzzards that live in the same desert and the hummingbirds, they fly down in the desert and find those little flowers and suck the little bit of nectar out of those flowers. Whereas the, the, the vultures fly around, they, all they look for is the dead animals and they fly down and they eat that stinking, rotting, dead meat. There's one thing that they have in common is that they both find what they're looking for. And my challenge to you is what are you looking for? Because you can find all kinds of crappy stuff in your spouse and you can focus on that or you can decide, no, I'm going to look for those sweet, tiny little bits in them and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to bring honor back into our relationship. And maybe you grew up in in your home. That wasn't common in your home. Maybe you grew up in a home that didn't didn't do compliments. Can I tell you something? You can learn it. You can learn it. Just try saying great with me. So say, great. That was great. I know. Look, it smiles. It feels really good, right? And and then to come up with different words. Like, that was amazing. Awesome. Wow. Wow. You know try that on your wife when she walks in after getting groceries. Wow, wow, wowie, wow. She's she's not going to know what hit her, right? You're bringing honor back. But also realize that as you as you're doing that, to 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 make sure that those become genuine and remain genuine compliments. The other day, I realized that I have a little bit to work on this. I was sitting at the table with our kids, and uh, I never used to compliment meals because it was just like food to me. But, you know, you just have to eat it to live. But then I realized that some people really put love into their cooking. And so when um, I used to go to Angie's place, Weston Angie's place, and she would make this amazing meal, and, and i feel like you got to compliment. So I'd be like, that was the best-tasting butter I ever had. You know, that salad dressing was like off the, you know, off the charts. And she'd be like, why do you compliment the only things I had nothing to do with? And so I started realizing, you know, I gotta, I gotta compliment the things that matter. And so the other night when I was sitting around the table, uh, I just got back from the conference. I was like, oh, Beth, mm, this was delicious. And all of a sudden my kids all start chirping in. Hey, Beth, you outdid yourself. Beth, you outdid yourself. Oh, Beth, you outdid yourself. Because that's always what I say after, you know, Beth, you outdid yourself. And so I realize I, I got to learn something, something new. But to keep those compliments being genuine, why? Because it brings honor back. So my question is, who in your life right now is someone that you want to bring honor back in that relationship? Many of you have your cell phones out, which is great. I, I hope it's like taking notes and not Angry Birds or whatever. But maybe you're texting. But I want to give you a challenge right now. Would you just send a quick text to somebody in your life? You're like, this is somebody I'm, so, I'm thankful for, that they're in my life. I'm grateful that they're, that they're a part of my life. I'm, I, I just want to say, you know, maybe you just text wow, and you can just explain to them later. Who do you need to bring on or back? Who do you need to value in your life? Last night was awesome. There were some husbands texting some wives at this point. It was good for them. Why is my phone buzzing? Bob, all right. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. The Why? The last thing, you know, why should we be bringing honor back? Maybe you're like, oh, it's good, you know, some great motivational speech, but why should I bother doing this? Here's why. Here's why. Because honor makes everything better around you. Honor elevates the situations and the the relationships around you no matter what. You don't honor because someone's going to do something for you. That's manipulation. You're honoring because you're elevating the things around you, and as they go up, so do you. But that's not the main reason. The main reason is simply because God has done it for you. God has honored you by placing a value on you that is so incredible. When we think about the cross and we think about the fact that he paid a dear price, the blood of his son, to, uh, for you, that, that you could have relationship with him, that you could call him father. That's how much he values you. That's how much he values me. And that's how much he values every single person that you're going to see this week. That's the value that he put on their lives. So how much more shouldn't we put a value on every single life around us? That we would honor the lives. I want to be a part of a church that honors people, that honors life, that values people. No matter where they come from, no matter what their past, what their background is, that we value them because he values them. That he's he's got a value on them and that we would honor them, that we would bring honor back. So the challenge is this. Last week, we said, why don't you just be a little bit more aware of God this week than last week? And this week, the challenge is simply this. Who in your life do you just need to be to bring a little bit more honor back into that relationship? Who in your life have you not treated with, with, with uh, honor? How many of you have relationships that you've treated as common? You've just taken them for granted. Would you do something this week? Would you bring honor back into that relationship? By saying it, by being aware, by being intentional by complimenting them in some way, bring honor back, bring value back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible price that you paid for us and for our world. And they need to hear it. God, they need to be able to see just how, how much you love uh, each and every one of them. Help us this week as we go out to have that same value on people's lives, that we would we would stop and slow down a little bit and realize the greatness that's around us, that we realize the people and the value of their eternal souls around us, that we would take moments to, to share your goodness with them. Lord, as we go um, from this place, and know that we don't leave you here, because wherever we're going, you're already there. Help us to be aware of your presence this week as we do life with you and for you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.